0: You're listening to the Island Church Podcast. If you'd like more information or to donate to this ministry, visit islandchurch.tv.
1: You know, uh, this uh, new year, new decade, and, and uh, I'm still, I guess I'm still reflecting. We, got, we finally got our Christmas stuff all down. Uh, last Sunday, thank you for everyone. That was a big blessing and got it down at, at home as, uh, as well. And, um, but we had an awesome Christmas season, New Year season. Um, I'm still texting and, and uh, encouraging people in the new year. On Sunday mornings, there's a number of guys who have worked for me through the years that are now lead pastors from really all over uh, across the United States and uh, I text many of them on Sunday morning and just try to share a word and say hello and, and uh, pray for them and uh, sent them another New Year's text today about a new decade and uh, Vision 2020 and the things that we're talking about here. So with all that in mind, I've got, a, I've got one more Christmas story for you today. A lady wrote into the local newspaper And she said this, according to the Alaska Department of Fish and Game, while male and female reindeer grow antlers in the summer, male reindeer lose their antlers in the winter at the start of November. Female reindeer keep theirs until the spring. That means all of Santa's reindeer from Rudolph to Blitzen had to be female. She goes on to say, stands to reason, only a woman would be able to drag around a fat man in a red velvet suit all over the world and not get lost. So there's the real story. Well this morning we're talking about about vision vision, 2020 vision. God's doing so many awesome things in, in this church. Last Sunday morning, uh, we had the largest attendance that we've had in a church service outside of Easter, the largest church, church attendance in the past nine years. We had we had 825 plus people at church last Sunday morning. Can you say praise the Lord for that? That's just, that's just this campus, over 900 with Casa de Luz, our Hispanic campus, which we're working to get back on this campus, hopefully in the next few months. Um, we had numbers of people that made commitments to the Lord Jesus Christ. This uh, past week at Prayer and Praise, These center sections were completely full and it was just a powerful prayer meeting in anticipation of what we're asking and believing God for in this new year. Thursday night, we had Iron Man and the place was packed from front to back. You know, we had three men saved at Iron Man this this past week. Can you say praise the Lord for that? This past Sunday, we had a record record uh, Island Mobile Food Pantry as far as number of people that were ministered to, and as far as number of people that ministered. We had a 100 workers from our church that were giving and ministering, so thank you for that. I, I say all that to say don't miss the opportunity to be involved. Awesome things are taking place. Small groups are kicking off, Liz and I, on Friday night, um, went to a new home group that's taking place and uh, they were having one of their uh, really initial meetings. They've had a couple, but getting going and it was filled, it was wonderful. Uh, The people's interaction, time together, eating, and then having a devotion time together and praying. It was, I encourage you to be a part, to get connected. So many opportunities. We've got one more prayer time this Wednesday night. We'd love for you to join with us. And then we kick off our Bible studies. And, uh, and, and, and I, w- I would just say, when there's an opportunity, when God's doing something, make sure and involve yourself. But I would also give us just a word of, of, of caution and, and encouragement. When great things are happening... The enemy always tries to raise his head. And I'm so grateful, I stand on God's word that when when the enemy rushes in that God raises up a standard against him. That for this purpose was the son of God manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. And so we remember, we remember the purpose. We remember what we're doing, why we're doing it. We're to be sober and vigilant because we have an adversary. The Bible says that the adversary, the devil, that goes around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And so we're aware of that. We're not, the Bible says, not to be ignorant of his devices. And so we understand the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's not not that we defeat the enemy. We can't fight Satan with guns or or with a bat or, or with a bomb. But by the blood, the word, the name, and by the word of God. And we're able to tear down strongholds. Thank God we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. So do this. Be vigilant. In your home. Make a declaration. We talked about this on, on, uh, at Iron Man. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're serving notice. We take authority. Every area where we've let the enemy creep in to try to tear down, undermine, to try to kill, steal, and destroy, we renounce, repent, and close the door on it. And God, we claim our home to be a sacred home. Jesus, you be the Lord of our home. Protect your home, protect the unity of your marriage, protect the unity of your church. The things that the enemy wants to come against is our families and and God's church. And so we say today that we are gonna stand in the gap and we are gonna protect what God has done through prayer and the blood, the word, the name of Jesus Christ, amen? Amen. I believe it with all with all of my heart. Well, we're in a new, a new year, speaks of a new day, but not just a new year, we're talking about a new decade. A lot happened in the last decade. I went through all that last year, or last week rather, of, of, of main things that happened in the past decade. And even the main things that happened in this church, and how this church had a really hard start with a pastoral leadership uh, uh, crisis and uh, death and suicide of a staff member crisis all happening in 2010, 2011. The devastation, the financial, spiritual, emotional, all that, that, that had taken place. And we went into that in a little bit of detail. But the good news is, we're a comeback church. The good news is that everything the enemy meant for our harm, God's turned for our good. And he's turned it all for our good because he's healed our reputation in this community. He's restored life and vision and mission and missions. And missions is at the heart of what we do. I was thinking about this, over the last 10 years, the hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, Pastor Phillip's on vacation and, and I didn't get exact figures concerning how much we've given in missions the last 10 years. But I'm going to tell you it's hundreds of thousand dollars moving towards the million dollar mark. And then I think of how much work has happened in this church and built the house in the last 10 years. And we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars, five, six, $700,000 worth, worth of work that's been done and it was all done in cash. And I thought, how in the world could we have done that? And I'll tell you why. It's because we got restored in missions. And when you give to God, it's amazing how God will help take care of the home place right there. Amen? I'm convinced of that. There's so many amazing things that have happened, lives that have been transformed. Some 1,500 people plus call this, this church their home church. Multitudes of people walk through the doors every week to glorify God. We're a worshiping church, we're a word church, we're a Jesus people, I love all that. But we're here to glorify God. We've set out our mission to glorify God together. And as we gather, we glorify God. As we grow, we glorify God. As we give, we're giving glory to God. And as we go, locally and globally, we are giving glory to God. God has called us to give glory to God on this island. We continue to stand on the Haggai Chapter two and verse number nine, it says the future glories of this house will be greater than its past glories, says the Lord, and in this place I will bring peace. I pray that, I confess that, I speak that. Believe it with all my heart. Will not stand for anything less. Because I believe that God wants his house to be a safe place. For us to gather and focus our lives on Him. I shared with you a little bit about going through LASIK surgery. I won't go there, but that's if you weren't here, just to kind of give you the genesis of what I'm talking about 2020 Vision. Obviously that's a buzzword and everybody's using it. We're talking about laser, laser focus. We're talking about how a laser reshaped my eye. I couldn't, I couldn't see the alarm clock in the morning. I used to think that one of the great things about heaven was I'd be able to see the alarm clock in the morning. Even though I don't think we get to sleep in heaven. We don't have to. It'll be light all the time because he's gonna light it up, amen. But, man, I... I struggled through years of glasses and contacts. And when I turned 40, I did two things. I jumped out of an airplane at 13,000 feet and I got LASIK surgery. And, and, and it really was a game changer. I love every part of it. But man, they use that laser. You can hear it. It just tick, all the way around. You can smell it. It's a unique smell of flesh as it burns it. But as they reshape it, and the whole idea is this, God's word is sharp. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. It's able to cut to the dividing of soul and spirit and joint and marrow. And that God's word is like a laser to our heart and our life. And if we want to see clearly, have 20-20 vision, we need God's word to cut the junk out of our life that we might see him in such a way. So we might see him like Isaiah saw him. Because when Isaiah saw the Lord, he saw him clearly. He saw him high and lifted up, and his his glory filled the temple. And he saw his own need. Lord, help me to see you clearly. So that's that's what we're talking about. And we're using this for our foundation. It's a passage of scripture. It's one of my favorite passages of scripture referred to often, preached often, but I wanna use it for a foundation for, the, for this message today. And, and we preached the first couple of points of this last week. You can catch up, I'm gonna highlight. But it's Philippians chapter three, verses 10 through 16. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? And I'm gonna ask Liz if she'll read that for us this morning.
0: That I may know him and the power of his resurrection I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained.
1: Father, thank you. Your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. David said this, he said, I hide the word of God in my heart so that I won't sin against you. I pray today for your anointing, which is just that extra that, that, that causes us to be alive. That words that are spoken are more than, than just a speech, but they are like an arrow that shoots to our heart. And, and Lord, you're able, to, you're able to do this in such a way that, that people across this room feel like it's just for them. There's no man talented or gifted enough to do that. That only comes because of you, your word, and your anointing. So I'm asking for that extra, that anointing today. May I be a vessel by which your spirit would speak and flow speak to our hearts, help us to be more like you because we have heard you and we see you. God, I pray that we'll grab a hold of our racing minds that are thinking about a thousand things that we gotta do, all the distractions, all the anxieties, all the fears, all the anger, all the junk that that keeps us from from focusing in. God, I'm asking for just a few moments, let us come together at your table, at your word, and Lord, may we receive like the Bereans, receive with gladness, and God change us is our prayer. We pray it all in Christ's name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. We talk about this. We talk first of all about, and it's so obvious, the Apostle Paul... This classic verse that I may know him. Verse number 10. Let me me walk through this quickly. That I may know him. He's not talking about religion. He's not talking about church membership. He's not talking about water baptism or growth track. He is talking about a personal relationship. He's talking about an intimate relationship. So many people have an understanding about God, but they don't really know God. I'm not talking here about even knowing God face to face. I'm not talking about when we get to heaven that we know God and we're, we're just able to say, God, I know you did miracles in my life and you provided for my life. I'm talking about taking it a step beyond that. And what is that step? It's that I may know him heart two hearts. You'll see that as we walk through this passage because that's what he's really, he really delves into. So he starts with this, I want to know him and I want to know him personally. May that be our heart's cry. 2020 vision comes from focusing on Jesus. And then he says this, not only that I may know him in, in, in chapter three in verse number 10, but it says, and the power of his resurrection. That I may know him, in your notes, you can just put a little one above that. Power of his resurrection, put a little, little number two. Because Jesus rose from the dead, it tells us this, that with God, all things are possible. Do you realize, I know you do, that the resurrection is the foundation of our salvation. That without the resu- resurrection, there is, there, there's no difference between, between Christianity or other religions. But the fact that he rose from the dead. And in, in fact, the Bible tells us this. That to be saved, if we will confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus... Lord Jesus, not easy believism. I believe in God, I'm going to heaven. No. Believe and lordship, obeying the Lord Jesus. If I will confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart, God raised Jesus from the dead. If you don't believe God raised Jesus from the dead, you can't even be saved because that's the foundation of salvation. And so, The Apostle Paul says, I want to know him in this power because I was was steeped in religion. I missed Jesus altogether. I rejected him. I was one who would have persecuted him and I persecuted the church. I had no desire for the things of Jesus. But on that road, the light that, that came down upon me We sing about the light, that second song today. And when those lights are going off, that's one of my favorite parts in that whole experience because I think of the apostle Paul, what it was like when the light hit him. Jesus. And his life was transformed. He experienced resurrection power so that he could pin these words. If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he will make alive your mortal body. So he wanted to know God in power, power, power over sin. See, Christianity, Christianity is about a relationship with God and it's about a powerful relationship with our Heavenly Father. Power over sin and power over self, power over religion, power over circumstances and power over Satan Oh, that I may know him and the power of resurrection. And because he is alive, the power of his resurrection, then he said this, it's better that I go away. If I go not away, the comforter cannot come. But I'm gonna send one like myself and the Holy Spirit is gonna come and abide. See, when Jesus was here, he was at one place at, one, at a time. But when he ascended to heaven, and we know he made it to heaven because of what happened on the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit was poured out, now the Holy Spirit is everywhere. And he's able to minister in Dandong, China, and right here in Orange Beach, Alabama. How about that? Isn't that awesome? The power of God. So we have the power of the resurrection. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul said, "I want to know him, and I want to know him in his power, this power of his resurrection, and then sharing his sufferings. So personally, powerfully, passionately, in the sufferings, he's not talking about the work on the cross. He's talking about Jesus' humility and his surrender of flesh, his dying to, to self. See, passionate, if you're going to live passionately, it means this. It means you die to this. You die to pride. You die to self. I was thinking on this, and I thought, God, what do you, you, you say to me in this message? And here's what I wrote for myself. I need to die to self to the place that ego doesn't matter anymore. You've heard me express it this way. Is our hunger for God bigger than our pride? Or is our desire to be right, to speak our mind, to speak our peace, bigger? Are we willing to walk in humility? Are we willing to crucify the flesh? Are we willing to learn how to have self-control, which is produced by the Holy Spirit, it's a part of the fruit of the Spirit for our, our mouth? He said, I want to know him that way. I want to know him passionately what it's like to humble myself and say, God, not my will, but thy will. I don't get it. I don't like it, but it doesn't matter what I like or what I get. What matters is thy kingdom coming. Thy will be done. Jesus, you be glorified. He wanted to know him preeminently, which which is becoming like him in death preeminently, God, you are on the throne of my life. What I think, what I feel doesn't matter. So it starts with this focus. We went in a lot more detail and I got to hustle here today. How about this? We talked a little bit about focus on your heart. Focus on your heart. Let's say that together. Focus on, okay, now let's focus on your when we say it, okay? Focus on Your heart, focus on your heart, not my heart, your heart. Not your wife's heart, your heart. Not your husband's heart, your heart. We are great at focusing on everybody else's heart. We're great at seeing everybody else's need. But here's what Scripture says. Scripture says this in Jeremiah 17. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Does anybody relate to that? Like, man, I can't believe some of the things. Or maybe you relate to the Apostle Paul, his words and how he says it. The thing I want to do, I don't do. And the thing I don't want to do, I do. Who? Oh, God. Oh, God. Who is going to deliver me? I need help, God. It's me, oh, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. See, do we cry, do we weep over our sins? Have we become satisfied with who we are and how we live? Are we satisfied with a mediocre life or is there a passion that says, oh God, oh God have mercy on me? Not Philippians 3.12, not that I have already attained this or am already perfect, search me oh God. Know my heart, know my thoughts, my ways. See if there be wicked ways in me. And I can guarantee you there's wicked ways in me. It's kind of a rhetorical question there. I need God. How about this? Be teachable. Remember that point? Be teachable. Don't be a know-it-all. Hardest people to talk to, hardest people to reach are church people who know it all but don't have a living Relationship with Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, help, help me to focus on my heart to see what my need is. Here's a here's a third thing we pick up right here, and it's this focus on your interest, or focus on on, on the interest. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but here's what he says: but one thing I do. One thing. Now he's referring to this like we're running a, running a race. You know, you can't run a race. You can't run a race a, 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 and take care of business at the same time. You can't give directions and take care of home and take care of the wife, take care of the kids. When you're, when you're running the race, You get distracted, you get out of rhythm, you get out of time, you fall off the track, you'll trip, you slow down. And he's saying this one thing, again, relating it to this athletic event. Scripture talks about this, no man can serve two masters. I understand everybody's busy So many busy people remember the parable of the sower and remember about the cares of the world that spring up and choke out the very life. What does the Bible say? You know, there's a lot of things in life that hold us down. They're not even sin, but they hold us down. The Bible says to lay aside the sin and the weights, the distractions that so easily hold us down. What about Matthew chapter 6 and verse 22? It says, The eye is the lamp of the body. So if the eye is healthy, the whole body will be full of light. It's about keeping 2020 vision, being focused. Focus on Jesus. We focus on our heart. We focus on our interests. Concentration is the secret of power. Laser focus, bringing it down. It's the secret to having power in our life. You've heard me use this probably a hundred times. But if you take the banks away from the Mississippi River, all you have is a swamp. But because that river has banks, it becomes a mighty river. There is a channel, there is a focus, it is narrowed. It's no longer just wherever it wants to go, but it's contained. And it becomes a mighty river. If you want power in your life, you've got to learn how to channel and narrow your interest. You've got to let the Holy Spirit put some banks in your life so there's some power in your life, there's some motivation in your life, there's some momentum in your life rather than just being a swamp. Now I understand. Again, I understand this idea of being busy and, and I hesitate in going through, because I've just partially, this is just hand hand scratching out a few thoughts that just rapidly came to mind. And I know every person in this room, I know some of the busiest people in, in South Baldwin County are in this room right now, have great responsibilities. And here we are on a Sunday saying, one thing we need to do, one thing, you know, I'm a husband, I'm a dad, I'm a papa. That's my favorite thing to be right there. I'm a best friend to many. I became, when my dad died, I became the patriarch to my mom and to our, my sisters and our family. I'm the keeper of my dad's legacy. I preach sermons. I prepare Bible studies, I lead prayer meetings, I pastor a church, I'm a chaplain for the police department, I'm a chaplain for the fire department, I'm a counselor, I'm a janitor, I'm a maintenance man, I'm a general contractor, I'm an attorney, I'm a lead coach, I'm an encourager. And and you know this, whatever happens in this church, in whatever ministry of this church, if something goes haywire, it is my, it's ultimately, it all comes back to me. It's my responsibility. Whatever happens, it'll be my fault. And I, I, I understand that and I accept that responsibility. That's what it's, that's life. That's the life that I live. And the Bible says one thing, absolutely. There's no way. In fact, I, I want to take a nap after reading that list right there. But I got one thing to do, I got one thing when I I get up in the morning, I got one thing to do, that I might know Him, that I might focus on Jesus, that I may know Him personally, that I may know Him powerfully, that I may know Him passionately, that I might know Him preeminently, that I might focus on my heart because my heart is deceptive, my heart is wicked. So I say, search me, God, know my thoughts. I surrender my life. I give you my life. I take up your word. Blessed, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or stands in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in this law does he meditate, meditate, dwell day and night. And then he's like, a tree that's planted by the rivers of, uh, of living water brings forth his fruit in season. His leaf will not wither. You see, when I place priority on doing the one thing, it's amazing how God helps me to do a thousand things. But if I focus on a thousand things, I'll never get the one thing. And the one thing is the key to everything in life. Amen. Does anybody get that today? That's what the Apostle Paul is saying here. This one thing, oh pastor I got a job and I got hobbies and I got friends. No, you got one thing, the most important thing and it matters for all eternity and it's to know Jesus. And so we focused on our our interests. Psalm 27 and verse four, one thing I ask of the Lord. And that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. How about this? These two really go together. Focus on following and focus on the goal. Focus on following and then focus on the goal. I take them both from the same passage, chapter three in verses 13 and 14. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it on my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This whole idea of of following. You know, I, I study leadership. I read about leadership. I bought a book yesterday on leadership and, and, and I'd never seen this book before. I knew the author well and I, and I picked it up and I thought, really, the last thing I need is another book. My wife would tell you, I got thousands of books and half of them I haven't even colored in. And so, <laughs> that's a joke. But I bought another book on leadership. And I love it. I've already started reading it. See, I study leadership. But to the best of my ability, I practice following. Because no one can be a good leader unless they are a good follower. No one can be over unless they're under. Jesus was a man that was under authority and him being under authority is what gave him authority. I have no power in my title. People think it's a pa- that there's power because of the title of pastor, but really I have no authority in that. The elders have entrusted to me to run this church, to, to lead this church. and and, and I assume that responsibility. But my, my spiritual authority does not come from a title. It comes because I'm surrendered to Jesus Christ, and I understand the power of his name, and I understand that demons tremble at that name. I understand that his name's above every name. And when we pray, we pray in the authority and the power of his name. We're covered covered in the blood of Jesus and by the armor of God. Our authority is in him. Somebody say amen. Because some people think they need a title to have authority. No, it comes out of surrender. It's not a a position that you have, it's really a position that you put yourself before, before God. And so to really lead, you've got to be surrendered. And what I'm talking about is surrendered to God. Whatever capacity you lead in, if you will be under the authority of God, you'll be the kind of leader he wants you to be in, in whatever you're called to lead in this world. But there must be a surrender. A focus, a focus On following. The Bible says this. One thing I do, forgetting what was behind and straining what's before. If I'm really going to focus on following, I'm going to have to deal with the things that make me want to quit. What is it it that would cause you to quit? And, And it might be a person or it might be something. But what is it that causes you to give up? You're going to have to deal. You're going to have to learn how to forget some situations and you're going to and that's only by the grace of God because it's not in me to forget and you're going to have to learn to forgive. The apostle Paul had to deal with things in his mind. He had a hard time forgiving himself because he was there when Stephen was was martyred. And so there's some there's some real issues going on here. He's having to he's having to really accept God's forgiveness because he was a cruel man, highly religious, intelligent, Philosopher, theologian, but he persecuted the church, killed Christians. You're going to have to deal with those things in your past. Here's what I would say don't quit. You've made a commitment, don't quit. The commitment to God is not based on what someone else does. It's based on what he did for you on the cross of Calvary. Don't give up on God. Amen? Don't give up on God. Don't give up on God's church. If you quit one thing, it's amazing how that causes you to quit another. Don't quit when it gets hard. Let me ask you a question. Do you love me? Okay, then I'll go ahead and say it. Here it is. Don't be a baby and don't be a brat. And what I mean by that is babies will quit and brats will fight. And we don't need quitters and we don't need fighters when it comes to creating trouble. Hello? Don't quit. Don't be a baby. Don't be a brat. See, my life is to stay focused on Him. When I'm focused on Him, it helps me to deal with unpleasant situations, helps me to deal with my past, helps me to deal with things that I gotta release and I've got to forgive and I've gotta move on because I can't live my life, I can't run a race, and I can't be successful looking back. I've gotta move forward. And if I'm always talking, always thinking about what happened, what happened, what happened, what happened, I'll never be able to be successful. So you gotta focus on following, focus on the goal, forgetting, following, straining, pressing. It's not easy. What I'm talking about is not easy. 2020 vision, this kind of life is not easy. The Apostle Paul was trying to keep it in all in perspective. I'm keeping the prize. I'm keeping, I'm keeping heaven. I'm keeping being in eternity with my heavenly Father and Jesus, my elder brother and the Spirit. I'm keeping that in focus in light of all this junk. Because listen, listen to what he persevered. You want to talk about someone that has the right to talk to us about being a baby and being a brat and quitting listen to him. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Do you know how many stripes that is? It's 195 stripes. Five times he got 39 stripes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, a day and a night I have been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of water, perils of robber, perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils of the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. "'In weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, "'in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, "'in cold and nakedness.'" And then he said, I'm responsible for all these churches, all the other things that come upon me daily, my deep concern for the churches. And nowhere in 2 Corinthians, nowhere in 1 Corinthians, Nowhere in any of the epistles do you find this man saying, and you know what? I'm a little bit tired of this. I'm a little bit sick of this. I just feel like I've got way too much on my plate. Nowhere does he say, God, this ain't fair. Nowhere does he say, God, I'm throwing it all in. In the middle of it, he said, I'm pressing on. I'm forgetting all those things, and I'm reaching towards the prize. I'm gonna keep moving ahead, Amen. You know what? I'm glad my mom and dad didn't quit. And I saw them go through hell in pastoring at times. They passed a good church, but, but I can remember times, things had happened. I remember one night, somebody had said something in a meeting. My mom was crying. It made me so angry that my mom got hurt My dad stood in front of the door to keep me from going out the door. I was going to go to that guy's house and I was going to whoop him. Because he did that to my mom. I'm glad they never quit on God. I'm glad they never quit the church. I'm glad they never quit serving. I'm glad they never quit on each other. I'm glad Liz hadn't quit on me. I'm glad she's not quit on the church. I'm glad we haven't quit on the church. I'm glad... There's so many. There's a remnant that's been here and then there's all the folks that God's brought. I'm so glad you don't quit. I'm glad Jesus didn't quit. He could have called 10,000 angels. He could have said, hey God, we're calling this off. There's gotta be a different way. But he said, no, not my will, but thy will. And because he didn't quit, You and I today are able to lift our hands and our voice and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for salvation, full and free. Thank you, I'm not what I used to be. I'm not everything I wanna be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. He that began this good work is gonna continue to perform it until Christ Jesus comes back. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to the Island Church Podcast. For more information, visit islandchurch.tv.